Welcome to Family Business Today, where we feature prominent local and national family business owners. We also talk to top family business experts to discuss relevant topics, including communications, business culture, family relationships, succession and estate planning, values, as well as conflict resolution. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Dorcas Ching Tozun, author of Start, Love, Repeat, How to Stay in Love with Your Entrepreneur in a Crazy Startup World. Dorcas is an award-winning writer, editor, and speaker. As a columnist for Inc.com, she writes about the intersection of startup life with marriage, family, and well-being. She also contributes regularly to Christianity Today, The Well, and Asian American Women on Leadership. Her work has appeared in the Wall Street Journal, Blog Her, The Entrepreneurial Leader, and dozens of other publications in the U.S. and Asia. Dorcas has more than a decade of experience as a nonprofit and social enterprise professional. She served as the first director of communications for D-Lite, one of the world's leading social enterprises. A Silicon Valley native, she has lived in mainland China, Hong Kong, and Kenya. She and her entrepreneur husband, D-Lite co-founder Ned Tizen, have been married for 12 years and have two adorable Hapa sons. Dorcas has a B.A. in communication and an M.A. in sociology from Stanford University, as well as a professional editing certificate from the University of California, Berkeley. She is a proud member of the Red Bud Writers Guild. Well, hello, Dorcas. Welcome to Family Business Today. We are so glad that you could join us. Thanks, Greg. I'm so happy to be here. So, so Dorcas, first of all, tell us what inspired you to write this book. So I wrote this book for selfish reasons to begin with. I had mm-hmm. been married to my entrepreneur husband for about nine years. Oh. And even then, we were still struggling with a lot of the same things that we had struggled with in the beginning of our marriage in terms of time management mm-hmm. and making hard decisions together and um, just figuring out sacrifices and boundaries and, and all of those things. And I was getting really, really frustrated. And so I went searching for a resource for somebody like myself who wasn't as entrepreneurial, but was kind of stuck with someone who was. And there just wasn't much out there. I, I wanted somebody to tell me, you know, why is the startup life so hard? Why is running a business so challenging? Why is it affecting me so much? And what are some of the really practical solutions that we can utilize to make our relationship thrive even under these stressful circumstances? And and so since the book didn't really exist, I decided to write it for myself. Well, thank you for writing that. I know uh, my wife, Jennifer, read the book, and she's been married to an entrepreneur for many years, and uh, me, and uh, she said, uh, yeah, she said, I wish I had a book like this back when uh, uh, she married me and uh, and I started down our entrepreneurial uh, program, so thank you so much. So, uh, interesting title, Start, Love, Repeat. How did you come up with the title? Well, I brainstormed a bunch of words that were just related to starting a business, related to being in a relationship, and and it just kind of came together. I mean, I think the word start, of course, refers to doing the business, love, to the relationship, and the repeat is the fact that many entrepreneurs 
just can't get it out of their system, right? Like you will oftentimes be either running the same business for many, many years, or you'll be doing one business after another, because it's just part of who you are. And it's what you love to do. And and so it's this ongoing process of how do we figure it out over and over again, of balancing the business and our relationship so that both can thrive and and neither will be put on the back burner for too long. Oh, thanks for sharing that. Since I'm a serial entrepreneur, I can relate to that, and I'm sure Jennifer can as well. So, uh, you know, most family business owners are entrepreneurs, and so uh, can you share with us uh, what you see are the typical challenges faced by the spouses and partners of entrepreneurs? Well, there are a lot of the same challenges the spouses face are the same as the ones the entrepreneurs face in terms of the, the stress is contagious. So if, if the entrepreneur is under a lot of stress, his or her spouse is going to feel the same way. Obviously, the financial challenges will affect the entire family. The time challenges, if if one spouse is not available to help at home or with the kids or with other logistics, then that's going to fall on the spouse. So oftentimes I say to, to these partners, you know, you are the CEO of your family and your household. And and you will probably need to take on a lot more responsibility than you may have wanted to in that regard. And that can lead to some emotional challenges. So many, many entrepreneurs, partners struggle with resentment and bitterness and exhaustion and burnout um, just because they feel like their partner is not fully available to them in the way that they would want them to be. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So. We, we hear this word work-life balance all the time. Uh, so do you think there really can be a work-life balance for entrepreneurs? I think it will probably always feel imperfect, but there are absolutely ways that you can improve your work-life balance if you feel like it's just not going well for you. I think one of the most interesting findings that I came across in my research, and this was fairly consistent, is that you really don't need that much time to dedicate to your most important relationships to have them be strong. So John Gottman is a very famous marriage researcher, and he talks about how couples really just need six good hours a week. So that's less than an hour a day, <laughs> but six good hours a week that you spend together in a very intentional way in terms of checking in with one another, asking how you're doing, doing activities that are meaningful to both of you, sharing your affection and affirmation with one another. Um, and, and that's enough. Obviously, I think more is better, but if you only have six hours, that's enough in order to ensure that your relationship is doing well. And the same thing with relationships between parents and children is uh, quality definitely trumps quantity. So if you don't have that much time to spend with your kids, just make sure you're spending some time with them and that it's very focused time. It's not a time when you're distracted or trying to do multiple things, but that you are really zeroed in on your kids and paying attention to them and being in their lives. And and that will make a huge difference. Um, and then, of course, there are the things that you do for yourself personally to take care of your health, to um, ensure that you're uh, doing things that you love outside of work. And those things, um, the balance piece, obviously, just 
that is good in and of itself, but it actually helps your work life. You know, when you are able to rest, when you're able to relax, when you do other creative activities, it will help give you more energy and more focus when you are actually on the clock. Yeah, and I think that uh, six hours, it really, uh, that six hours really depends on the DNA of, of, of the uh, uh the couple, uh, what that looks like. Some people, six hours may, may need to be 12, 14 hours, but, uh, you're saying though, whatever that number is that, that both partners need to be involved in, uh, cognizant of that and working hard to do that. Yes. And be very intentional about it. For us, we've found that we need to build it into our schedule because the, life of an entrepreneur is very unpredictable and things are constantly changing and it's so easy to let things fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. But if you want to dedicate this time to your significant other, to your kids, then it needs to be in the calendar and it needs to be there every single week. And, and that's one way to help ensure that it, it happens and that it becomes a habit. It's, it's not just a once in a while thing. I think that that regular practice of connecting with your loved ones is essential to ensuring that your relationships continue to do well. Okay. So I need to make sure that I put uh, exercise into my, my work-life balance for next year. <laughs> yes. And that should be in your calendar too, or else it may not happen. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Darkus. So uh, you say in your book, that the greater the distinction you can make between your own identities and the startup, the better your chances of coming out of the experience with a richer, more mature partnership. So what does that look like? I think the risk for a lot of business people and entrepreneurs is that you can wrap up all of who you are in the business. And and it's very understandable because you are putting everything out there. You're you know, putting your finances and your career and your aspirations and your skills. Um, there's so much that you're putting on the line for this work that you really love. But at the same time, it is so unpredictable. It's so up and down. Um, we hear all the statistics of, you know, nine out of 10 startups will fail. Even if you have a successful business, usually you'll have endured about four failed businesses before you get to that successful one. And And because of that, then it's just not sustainable. It's not healthy to feel like your own personal value and worth are completely tied with this business because you just can't control what the fate of that business is going to be. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think that a lot of what we're talking about, it all comes it, it's kind of all the same thing. If you have work-life balance, if you have people in your life that you really prioritize and spend time with, if you have other activities that you're doing for yourself, if you're involved in your community, um, those are all things that will help build out your sense of identity to be more than just your work. So you have these relationships, you have these other hobbies and activities, you have this community service that you're doing. Um, and so if for whatever reason you are no longer part of that business, you transition out or it goes under, you still have other things to fall back on mm -hmm. that remind you that, hey, I have a lot more going on in life than, than just that one thing. And, and so I can continue on. I can, um, I think it just helps you to be more balanced and more creative, um, and, and to see yourself in a healthier light. And I think the healthier we are as individuals, then certainly the better chance we have of health, having healthier relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So um, um, I, I know that uh, my wife has been involved in the business actively, but she's also, especially when we were raising children, more uh, involved in managing our, our home and everything else. And uh, we we would get together. Uh, we would have our Thursday lunch date where we would get together uh, to eat out uh, lunch, and it would be a time when we'd talk about uh, – I would – share with her what's going on in our business so that uh, when we were at home in the evenings, uh, we would be able to be much more about uh, family. Uh, what about, what about a little bit more about this communications? How, um, um, uh, what should that be like? What should that look like uh, between an entrepreneur and his, his partner? There is so much going on in life when you have a business as part of the family that communication is so essential. And communication needs to happen on many different levels. There are the little logistics that you need to figure out of who's picking up the kids, who's doing what chores Mm -hmm. around the house, you know, when are we going to see our parents, that sort of thing. And then it all the way up to these big life decisions that, you know, my husband and I have had some really hard conversations around where are we going to live because we've moved almost every single year that we've been married. When are we going to have kids? Because we were actually putting off having kids because his business was taking up so much time and energy. And, and so you need to create space for each of those kinds of conversations. And as well as just the, like, I want to connect with you. Tell me about your day. Tell me about your hopes and dreams. Um, What is it that is really filling your spirit these days? And what is really draining you? Um, And, and so I love the idea of having a weekly date night um, or a weekly date lunch and figuring out, you know, what's the best use of that time? Do we use it to talk about business? Do we use it to talk about logistics? Um, Or do we use it to just connect with one another? So my husband and I sometimes will have dinner together and we, we lay down the ground rules and we say, let's not talk about anything about the business because we spend way too much time talking about that. And let's just talk about each other. And, and um, so those sorts of conversations are just really, really effective for being able to maintain intimacy and connection with one another. Um, but you've got to create the time and the space for that. And yeah. so there's the weekly pattern conversations, but then there's also, you know, maybe on a quarterly or every six month basis, you have these bigger picture conversations of where are we headed as a family, what's going on with the business, um, what is going to change over the next six months and how can we adjust to that? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That sort of leads into the next question. Uh, You talk about figuring out essential priorities the next two years or so. Uh, 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 Sometimes we're so focused on the here and now that to think about 12 months, two years, or even beyond uh, sometimes uh, gets lost. So how is it helpful uh, for couples to, to figure out essential priorities over a period of, say, two years? I know that two years for the entrepreneur can feel like a lifetime. I oftentimes feel like I can't think much further ahead than maybe two or three months just because things are moving so fast and changing so fast. But I think having those conversations about priority, it it's essential in that, um, especially if 
one spouse is involved in the business and the other one is not, it can sometimes feel like the two of you are headed in different directions. And and the priorities conversation brings you back together and it helps you reevaluate and assess, you know, what is most important to us as individuals and as a family. And and when you have clarity around that, I think you're able to make more intentional and wiser decisions about how you spend your money, how you spend your time, what activities you say yes to and what you say no to. Um, and I think it also helps the the spouse especially have some clarity of you know, where are we going? What is going to happen with this business over the next year or two? And how is that going to affect our family? Um, and what changes do we need to make to ensure that the things that are important to us aren't being forgotten because we're just so caught up in trying to make this company succeed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you, you sort of touched on this a little bit, but you mentioned uh, in your book about um, being the protectors of our shared future. What is the significance of being the protectors of our shared shared future? It seems like the key word there is shared future, not the entrepreneur's future and uh, not the family's future. What, what did you mean by that? What's the significance? Yeah. Well, entrepreneurs have a tendency to be very focused, which is good, mm-hmm. but but they can be so single-minded that they kind of forget to to look up every once in a while and <laughs> and look yeah. down the road and yeah. think about, you know, where do I want to be in 10, 15, 20 years, not just professionally, but personally and what do I want my family life to look like and so I I feel like one of the most important things that spouses and significant others can do for their entrepreneurs is to just remind them of like hey you know the here and now is great but we have so many more years ahead of us and so let's not just do things for the sake of now let's do things that will invest in our future and and so you know I talk a lot about the importance of taking care of one another and yourselves of making sure that you stay healthy. I mean, my, my husband has a tendency to forget to eat, uh, to rest, to exercise, to see people and be in relationship with other people. And so I hold him accountable to that. Um, and in some ways I'm a little bit of a nag, but I know that (laughs) what I'm doing is really important for him because I want him to be there with me. I don't want him to burn himself to the ground and, and not have anything left to give, you know, by the time he reaches the age of 45, like I want us to be able to have a vibrant life far beyond that. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think that um, spouses sometimes have that better perspective and, and can kind of um, call their loved ones to that and to, to join them in having that longer term vision. Yeah, I, I've, I have found uh, with Jennifer that uh, if it's something that's very important uh, to her and she expresses that, that that's when I really need to listen. <laughs> yes, and I imagine she's probably very good at letting you know, this is important this to is me. This is important. Focus on me. Yeah. Focus on me. Yes. So uh, you have a chapter on developing trust. You talk about the importance of couples having agreements with each other. So why is that so important? Oh, well, I think 
not having agreements, which is very much what my husband and I did the first few years of our marriage. We just sort of did things willy-nilly, and and that led to a lot of conflict. So I think that that is the main thing, that if you don't have agreements, then you are setting yourself up for having a lot of arguments and disagreements and uh, misunderstanding down the road, because we all go into our marriages and relationships with certain expectations, whether or not we're aware of them, whether or not we verbalize them, they're there. And, and setting agreements, what it does, even though I wouldn't say it's the most fun thing to do with your spouse, Mm -hmm. but it, lays those expectations out there and it forces you to have those conversations of, you know, how much time do we want to spend together as a couple each week? Um, What are our expectations around communication? Like if you suddenly need to take a business trip or if you were supposed to pick up the kids, but you're now not able to, what are we going to do in terms of communicating that to one another? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so once you have those expectations um, laid out and, and, um, and then you can form agreements of how are we going to treat one another? How are we going to communicate with each other? How are we going to make decisions together? And that just gets you on the same page um, of how you're going to operate. It's almost like having a business plan for your family, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's one of the, the main things, Um, that I hope readers take away from my book is that I feel like we are very intentional in how we think about our businesses and our work lives and our careers. And I'd love to apply some of that same intentionality and strategic thinking to our family life and our relationships and our marriages. Um, And and so that we're not just flying by the seat of our pants in Mm -hmm. in trying to make our relationships and marriages thrive, but Mm -hmm. we really have a plan. (laughs) And, and, And so once you have that in place, it just saves you so much pain and conflict down the road because, you know, even if you have a disagreement, you can go back to that and say, hey, look, this is what we agreed to before. And so you're not honoring that commitment. And so what needs to change here in order to allow you to honor that commitment? Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, that leads into our next question uh, real well. Um, uh, you talk about... Um, setting smart goals in business, quality of life, and business entry and exit. I know it's the end of the year and um, uh, companies, families are setting all kinds of smart business goals for 2018. But I'm not exactly sure if that uh, translates over to the family Uh, as far as quality of life and maybe even talking about entry or exit. Tell us some more about what you mean by this. Well, I think that it dovetails really nicely because a lot of times the business goals that you set will directly impact the family. And so I think if you have ideas around revenue, around, you know, big projects, products that are coming out, stores that are opening, those are, Um, parameters around which you can then figure out your family goals of, okay, how does that affect, you know, what our monthly budget is as a family? How does that affect when we can go on vacation um, Mm -hmm. or what sort of activities we want to pursue as a family or the availability of your spouse to participate in some other things? Um, And so, so that, that goal setting piece, it just helps you to, um, 
to ensure that you are working toward the same things in life, that that even as you're trying to make sure that the business does well, that you are also um, not forgetting that that as a family, you have things that you are working toward of, you know, financial goals or um, goals for your kids or um, things that you want to do together as a family, um, where you want to get to as a couple in terms of your own development and maturity, and, and what do you need to get there. Um, and so I think having those conversations around goals are really, really helpful. And for the spouse, it just gives more clarity and more certainty because it is such an unpredictable ride to be married to an entrepreneur. And so anything that you can get a little bit more clarity around, um, it just gives so much reassurance and, um, and helps in knowing you know, okay, we are still on the same team. We're still on the same page and we're still working toward the same things together. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you've already mentioned several, but, uh, but let's, let's go back and, and, and maybe, uh, uh, clarify, uh, there, there are really plenty of things that, uh, you can do to make things better for your family. What would you say are the top three things that have worked best for you? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Well, I would say to begin with, one really encouraging thing that I found. So I, I did a lot of research, read books, talked to psychologists and therapists, interviewed dozens of entrepreneurial couples. And one common theme that emerged was that little things really make a big difference. So you actually don't have to make huge changes in how you operate. Um, in order to invest in your relationship and your family. But you just need to do those little things and be committed to those little things and to do those little things well. Mm -hmm. And so I would say for us, setting boundaries has been absolutely key. Um, I know there's a lot of talk out there about setting boundaries um, and and people may, may be sick of hearing about it. But I, I cannot tell you what a difference that has made because the the entrepreneur is going to be thinking about his or her business nonstop unless you learn together to um, to set those parameters so that they um, there is a full stop <laughs> and and they are able to rest their bodies and their brains and their spirits and reconnect with the people that they love the most and um, and you really don't need that many boundaries you know it could just be one day a week that you're taking off or, um, you know, one or two hours each evening that you are not checking email, not looking at your phone, mm-hmm. that you are just focused on your family and yourself. Um, and, and so making those commitments to, to hold to those boundaries, it's, um, that is just so healthy for you, for your family and for the business. Um, because they've done plenty of studies now that show that if you just keep working, you're going to become increasingly less effective and efficient because you're just going to get tired. Yeah. Um, we are not wired to be working constantly right. despite all the pressures there are nowadays to keep working. And, um, and so the boundaries piece is really important. And then I would say the, the communication piece that we discussed earlier, Mm -hmm. those, those conversations where you are really trying to connect with one another. Um, my husband and I, when we were in a very, very difficult period of stress and exhaustion, and I was really struggling with anxiety and depression. Um, we started this practice where every single night we would just spend five minutes 
um, asking one another, you know, what was the thing that happened today that really nurtured you, nurtured your spirit? And what was the thing that really took away from that? Uh, or another way of saying it is, you know, what was your high and what was your low of the day? And it is a really, really simple kind of conversation to have, but it actually um, pointed us to much deeper things that were going on for us. You know, I mean, when you talk about what's been good and what's been bad in a day, that illuminates, you know, what are my fears? What are my hopes? What are my greatest stresses um, and my greatest joys right now? And, um, and that just helps you to connect really deeply with your spouse, especially if you're doing that on a regular basis. Mm. Um, and then I would say also another thing that's been really healthy for me, especially is um, finding my, my own activities, like really developing my own sense of self. Cause the reality is that I can't, you know, in any marriage, you can't rely on your spouse for everything to meet all of your needs. Um, and especially when your spouse is an entrepreneur, because he or she's just not going to be that available. And so um, investing in myself, finding work that I love, finding uh, people that I enjoy spending time with, finding really meaningful activities to be part of, um, that has been really, really healthy for me. And that has really helped our relationship so that, you know, when we come together, I'm not trying to, you know, suck everything out of my husband that I can, but, um, but I am in a really healthy place and hopefully he is as well. And then we can just make the most of our time together and really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank you. Uh, so, um, you know, some of, some of our listeners may be, uh, family businesses that are just getting started. So they're in that phase of where it's all hands on deck, uh, head down, uh, working on building brand and everything else. And then other family businesses may be those, they may be second generation or third generation, very mature family businesses or whatever. So the the the, the um, concepts that you talk about, uh, principles that you're talking about, it, it, does it make any difference whether uh, you're a, in a startup or or in a very mature business? I don't think it necessarily makes a difference, except that the startup phase does tend to be a lot more intense, a lot more unpredictable. There may be a lot more financial stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these practices and strategies that we've been talking about, I think they're even more essential in in that early startup phase um but they also may need to come in smaller tidbits you just may not have the time and energy to put a lot into investing in your marriage and that's understandable um but but i think you need to also be aware of at some point you need to to slow things down and turn your attention back to one another. Because I think one of the challenges of, especially in the beginning phase, is you get into these patterns of just working so much and working so hard, and then you never learn how to slow down. And and the risk is, especially I think if, if two spouses are working together in the business, um, it's very common for spouses to essentially become 
colleagues and business partners and they sort of forget what it means to be life partners mm -hmm. and um and to really you know care for one another in in that other way and to be romantic partners sure. um and and so i would say you know don't put your relationship on the back burner for too long you can do it for a little bit but don't do it for too long and and then for the the established business um i think you know there is also the risk that you kind of things become a little humdrum. You know, you've you've been doing this business for a while. You've probably been married for a while. And so um, it's always worth it to have the conversation of are we doing OK? Is there anything we need to do to reinvigorate our relationship and um, and ensure that we are continuing to love one another and challenge one another and push one another in, in ways that feel meaningful and life-giving. Mm. Well, thank, thank you, Dorcas. Mm -hmm. any, any final thoughts for our listeners? I would say just that a lot of it is about commitment and consistency and perseverance, um, which I think is very much what you need to survive as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, um, and, and to just put that into your marriages and your families as well of, you know, how do I remain committed to these relationships and how do I be really creative in, in finding ways to keep it interesting, to, um, to keep things lively and and to keep that spark going, so that um, our our family life and our marriage can can thrive and and feel really dynamic for years to come. Okay, thank you very much. So, Dorcas, sure. thank you for being our guest on Family Business today. So, how can our listeners purchase a copy of your book, Start Love Repeat: How to Stay in Love with Your Entrepreneur in a Crazy Startup World? The book is available wherever books are sold, so you can buy it from your favorite online retailer like Amazon or Barnes & Noble, um, or you can stop by your local bookstore, and it should be there as well. Okay. Well, thank you, Dorcas. Thank you so much. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Today podcast, brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business located in Nashville, Tennessee. We are an association of family businesses who work together to grow our businesses through relationships, education, and successful generational transition. If you have a specific topic that you would be interested in us having a program on, send us an email to info at tncfb.com. To learn more about the Tennessee Center for Family Business, visit our website at www.tncfb.com. Mm -hmm.